just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 74 of the Devi Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. Excited to be back talking Devi with all of our fans. Thank you very much for listening. Let's get right into my co-host from North Carolina. Matthew Jackson, how you doing, Obi-Wan? I'm doing good, man. I'm hot. It is it is a blistering like close to 100 degrees here in North Carolina. It's as hot here as Bijan Robinson's stock currently, man. I am I am sweating. But um, it's good to be here talking Debbie with you. Um, hopefully that'll cool me off a little bit. We'll see. I love that this is the second podcast in a row where we've started it off by calling you hot. So <laughs> we're on a, we're on a trend here. It's no longer just a a random thought or we're throwing something out there to see if it sticks. It's now a trend. So we'll have to work that into as many podcasts as we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to, so, we're going to talk about Tank Bigsby and we're going to talk about Matt's being hot. Those are the two things we got to work in every podcast. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Nicely done. We're one minute and about the five second mark and we got the first Tank Bigsby mention out of the way early. Excellent job. Good. Now we can move on with the rest of our show. But before we do that, uh, Matt, why don't you quick tell people, you know, where can they find you on Twitter and stuff that you're working on right now? Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter at Devi Matt. I do my rankings for Dynasty Nerds. I'm getting ready to release a Big Ten article, uh, the first part of my Big Ten articles uh, preview in this conference. If you didn't get enough of it, talking about it the last few weeks and tonight, we're going to do some more of it in, uh, in article form. If you're a reader, then go for it. I'm also going to be releasing a Devi YouTube channel com- here coming soon. I've been working the plans around that so be on the lookout for that nice i love that i love that that's a great idea i've i've always wanted to try that myself and just have never gotten around to it so i think that's a great idea there's just something about being able to to see people you know instead of just listening to them which is really nice um except you know when i'm when i'm working and, and listening to podcasts then of course i don't want to be sitting there staring at a at a monitor. Your, pro- your yeah, problem's going to be awesome if you do idea. it, you got to make sure that you wear a shirt. You can't come on the podcast without wearing a shirt. Unless you're hot like Matt Jackson, <laughs> then you're okay. I mean, then then maybe that's what the people want to see. I mean, you got to give the people what they want. You don't, you don't want to see. You yeah, don't want to just... see that. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, get into some news. It's been been a little over a week since our last podcast. Today is Monday the fourteenth, and momentum is very much gaining steam that suggests the college football playoff is going to expand to 12 teams. And that could happen as soon as the 2022 season. So not this year, but the year after I don't see 
any negative to this. This is this is awesome. This is what the people have wanted. Oh man, that that tournament is going to be outstanding. I mean, I, I'm excited already, and we're over you know at least a year away. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, this is what we've been asking for for the last few years now, and it looks like it's finally going to happen. Um, I don't see this being any different than any other years personally. Um, this isn't going to be your March Madness style tournament where your um, your 16 seed. Um, Luola, Chicago beat your number one seed. I mean, it's going to be your Alabamas. Um, it's going to be this year. It's going to be your Oklahomas. I mean, there, there's not, you're going to get the same four teams that are going to be competing for national championships. I don't think that changes any, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be nice to see some other teams in the tournament, but the same four teams are the same four teams to me. Yeah. I just, I like the idea that it, it widens the spectrum to include teams that had that always have such good seasons and don't even get the chance, right? I mean, there's there's always at least one group of five team that is that is probably deserving of a shot. There's you know conference champions from from the Power Five that don't get a, a an opportunity to compete, and and you never know, right? And when it's a one game and done, you, you just you never know. Yes, the the power teams are still going to be there, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, but. Again, you know, you get that that situation where a team can get hot and just, you know, all all it takes is is one game. So, I think that'll be outstanding. I think I think it's better to argue over, you know, who should have been the twelfth team in versus who should have been the fourth. It's just this we're guaranteed probably the top ten, and that's that's good enough for me. So I'm I'm really excited about play this. to win the game, something like that, right? That's how it goes. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um. We before we get into the 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 Big Ten, we got a couple of things to talk about, and both Big Ten related from a news standpoint. In that we we did not mention uh, Penn State running back John Lovett when we were talking about all the running backs at Penn State. He has a transfer from Baylor. I think it's it's probably meaningful that we didn't mention him in our last podcast, but I wanted to bring him up as you know, there's now like four or five guys that could potentially be the guy at Penn State. So, you know, from a Debbie aspect, I think my my strategy is still wait and see what happens and, and, I don't, and figure it out I don't later. know what you want from me, Skip. I talked about 17 running backs two weeks ago from Penn State. I don't know what else you want. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean that, that podcast that we did that was the Ohio State podcast? Yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, another Big Ten piece of news, tight end Malik Carr, who is a very good athlete, uh, was a was a freshman last season is transferring from Purdue to Michigan State, so sticking in the Big Ten, but also switching to wide receiver, which I I think I have at least one one share of Malik Carr on a on a C to C roster, and honestly, I'm less enthusiastic about him at wide receiver than I was at tight end. I just I love the idea of an ultra athletic tight end. I think you know that's where he could guys like him could really separate themselves from from everyone else. So, you know, it's a, it's another piece of news about a, about an athletic tight end switching to wide receiver. I mean, I saw it. You, not, saw, you, you saw it coming though. I mean, he coming, coming into his freshman year of college, he said that he wanted to try out whatever he landed. He wanted to try out a wide receiver instead of tight end. Like this is what the kid wanted coming into college. He wanted to play wide receiver. He has that wide receiver, just alpha mentality. If you saw any interviews, um, his, his sophomore year of high, or senior year of high school, this kid has the I'm going to beat you up. I'm I'm going to go up and get the ball and I'm going to body you and 
He just has that go up and get it like alpha mentality wide receiver. So, I mean, I, I'm not shocked by this. Um, he's got the speed to be able to do it. He wasn't big enough. I mean, he was a little undersized to play tight end anyway. So I can understand it. I don't think it's a great move, um, mainly because he's going to Michigan State and there's not anybody over there that's going to get him the ball. But, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess you got to like it from the simple fact that there's no one over there that's really going to compete with him either. So not ex- not enthusiastic about it, but it's not the worst thing in the world either. I agree with with the the not being super excited about it, um, but I am gonna I'm gonna separate myself from that that slam on Michigan State uh, Dwight. That was Matt. He said it. I'm not endorsing that whatsoever. You can go after him this time. That's at Devi Matt <laughs> on Twitter at Devi Matt <laughs> Dwight <right>. Peebles. <laughs> so you can you can let Dwight you can let Matt know about your your disappreciation for that for that comment. All right, the uh, the last podcast we talked about a a mock draft that was that was published on NFL Draft Bible, and they're they're basically coming out with new ones every Monday. So we thought, you know what, let's just quickly go over the the guys again because there were quite a few, or at least two or three players we weren't super excited about in that mock, and so we wanted to see, okay, how does it change from week to week? And some interesting changes on the new one that just came out today. One of the things I noticed was there must be a lot of defensive talent in this next draft class because man was that mock filled with defensive players. I mean, it was pretty sparse on the, on the offensive player list, but you know, some, some similarities, a few differences, the biggest one right off the bat, at least in this week's version, the number one quarterback, the one Oh one Carson strong from Nevada. Now he has been getting a lot of publicity lately as that guy that could step into the first round you know, everyone's talking about Spencer Rattler. Everyone's talking about Sam Howell. And we're all wondering, okay, who could be the third guy? Is it going to be Keaton Slovis? Is it going to be Malik Willis? Carson Strong not only gets in the first round, but goes 101. How do you how do you feel about that? Okay. Here's the thing, okay? I like I like Carson Strong. I think he's a decent prospect. I think he's he's got NFL potential. And like you said, he could slip into the first round. Keyword there is slip into the first round. He's not going 101. Like that's not going to happen for him to go 101. He's going to have to have a Joe Burrow like season. I'm talking 5,000 yards, 60 touchdowns, light the college football world on fire for him to go 101 above Spencer Rattler, above Sam Howell, who we're not even going to get to for a second. Um, he's going to have to have that type of season, and he's not throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Um, he's throwing the ball to who knows who on Nevada, Nevada's outside perimeter. Like he's not going to have that type of season that he's going to need to go one on one. He's a tier three quarterback at best for me. He might slip into tier two, but he's not the best quarterback in this draft. It's Spencer Rattler, and he's going to prove that this year when he throws for close to five thousand yards and like fifty touchdowns. That's a bold statement, but I like it. Uh, it is worth noting that that Spencer Rattler on last week's version was the 101 again, so you know two weeks in a row. The 102 quarterback Malik Willis. So we talked about him last podcast. He moves up from number six to number two. So again, still in the top ten, and I, I think that that's probably going to stay that way. Falling to the 108 is the aforementioned Spencer Rattler. So still a top ten quarterback. And honestly, if you've got him on your Debbie roster, you're going to love the draft capital. I mean, 101, 108, he, it's still awesome. I mean, there's there's no there's no can't miss 101 this year. I think 
I think Rattler's going to be the consensus 101, but it's not like the Trevor Lawrence slam dunk of, of 2021. And then the the 110, uh, the guy moving up, and this isn't going to surprise or upset you at all, the first wide receiver, now Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So up from 32. So you got to like that. We already talked about Garrett Wilson's in that group of you know four or five guys that you can argue is is the top wide receiver. He's definitely in the tier one for for most analysts, including both of us. So you got to love that one. Yeah, he he's the one. He's the first wide receiver in my rankings. He's wide receiver one, and I don't see myself changing that. And it's definitely not going to change it now that he's a top ten pick. <laughs> yeah, that that is awesome draft capital right there. Then at 114, we've got tight end Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M. So he was not in the last mock that we reviewed. So he steps in. We've talked about, you know, the tight end position. I'm in the camp that I don't think there is a first-round talent tight end, but apparently these mocks are disagreeing with me because we're going to talk about another guy uh, in a little bit. And then your guy, Jaleel Billingsley, has been in a couple of of first-round mocks. Didn't make this one, but... Clearly, his name is is being mentioned. So, you know, those are probably your your top three guys. I, the, the next one we're going to talk about, I'm I'm excited because I I like him. I think more than a lot of people. But you have any problems with Weidermeyer in the first round? Oh no, I like Weidermeyer in the first round. Um, there you you may not have a, a tight end in the first round this year, but I, I do think that Jalen Weidermeyer uh, is a first round tight end. I mean, he's a big body. He runs great routes. Has solid hands. He's fast. He's physical. I mean. He's everything that you want and uh and a go out and catch the ball type of tight end. So I think he's a first round talent. It was a little surprising to me that he wasn't in the first round of the last mock reviewed, so I think this is this is making it right for me. Okay. Okay, I can I can buy that. I just I don't know. We'll see. I, there, you know, there's no definitely no Kyle Pitts in, in this next next draft class. There's no Kyle uh, there's no uh, Kyle the Pitts second. in any draft class, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Good correction there. At 119, the next wide receiver off the board, the teammate of Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. We've had no problems with Olave being the first round, and he's been right in the middle of the first round in all these mocks, so this feels like the right spot. We both like Olave a lot. And then the tight end I want to talk about next, uh, at 21, Jeremy Ruckert, another Ohio State player. I like Ruckert. I think he is... He is a victim of the situation when it comes to his production in that there's just, you know, all these wide receivers that we've talked about and he gets overlooked. But when they do throw him the ball, I really like what I see. So I'm not saying he's first round draft capital, but I think he could surprise people. And if he can get in the right situation, he's he's got size and athleticism. I, I like him a lot more than I think than a lot of our colleagues. He's, he's a victim of there's not enough balls to go around. I mean, you, you look at Ohio State's roster, and this year, I mean, they're going to, you know, Travion Henderson is going to command carries and and catches out of the backfield. You've got at least two first-round wide receivers, and you could make an argument that they're going to look like Alabama and have at least four or five first-round wide receivers within the coming years. I mean, they, they have the wide receiver talents. I mean, he's a victim of there's just not enough balls to go around for him to have impressive stats that, that make you that make you go, you know, these eye-popping stats that, that Kyle Pitts, for example, we just talked about him that he had. So, I mean, I like him. He put up a really good showing in the college football playoffs that kind of got some guys watching. So he's somebody that I think could potentially, I mean, he's a day two guy for me, but he might sneak into the first round. Who knows? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that could depend on how he tests out, you know, in the combine and stuff and how he looks at his pro day. Then the last two guys to talk about both repeat, so we won't we won't dwell on them too much. Uh, at number thirty, wide receiver Traylon Burks, so Arkansas, my number one guy, love him. And then at thirty-two, the last pick in the first round, wide receiver John Mechie from Alabama, so down from twenty-three. But you know, the last last ten picks again, you know, Mechie seems to be consistently in mocks, so I, I don't think this is all that surprising, especially when he had the kind of season he had. Last year is that is that Kansas the, the City's big, is that Kansas City's pick? Actually, on this one, and it's funny you ask because again, I I didn't look at teams really closely, but I did happen to notice this one, and they had Tampa Bay, so it was Tampa Bay selecting Mechie. Um, I think if Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl again, I'd be a little surprised if they took a wide receiver, but you never know. Um, anyway, so yeah, we've got we've got four wide receivers, a couple tight ends, only three quarterbacks, so. Again, not a lot of offensive, you know, Devi picks, you know, those skill positions in the first round. Uh, guys that that left the first round from our previous conversation, uh, wide receiver Ania Smith, Texas A&M. Neither one of us are surprised by that at all. Quarterback Kenny Pickett from Pitt. We never thought he should have been there in the first place. So, again, not a surprise. We already mentioned Jaleel Billingsley. Now the big surprise, quarterback Sam Howell, also out of the first round, I I just can't see that happening. I mean, I, I I can maybe buy that he would slip in the first round. You know, sometimes guys just fall, but somebody's going to grab him. I mean, you know, you can get a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, right? They, they've got, you know, Big Ben. He's definitely on the, the end of his career, but they'll probably still be competitive. They're going to be good. They're going to be drafting in the 20s. I mean, he falls that far. Why wouldn't they grab a guy like Sam Howell. I mean, that that just feels like a no-brainer. Well, let's look at this mock right here. I mean, you you just we just said that Tampa Bay was picking in the last spot at one one thirty-two, and they picked John Mechie. If you're going to tell me that they would pick John Mechie above Sam Howell, I mean, which which quarterback would you rather have as Tom Brady's successor, Kyle Trask or Sam Howell? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I I would I would snap him up in a heartbeat and say, you know what? We'll let we'll let Howell and Trask battle it out, and we'll see what happens. But now, we've got we've got our succession plan for when Tom Brady retires at the age of fifty eight, and we'll know what to do then. I think he just dies on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hope not. That'd be tragic. Nobody nobody wants to see that. All right, so we'll again we'll we'll bring these up every once in a while. Probably not every podcast, but I just thought it was interesting to follow follow that up with kind of the changes because we we were not fans of. That first, you know, few guys in the first mock. This one we like a little bit better, except for the omission of Sam Howell. We're going to finish off the Big Ten today. We're going to go to the Big Ten West, and I think the first thing we both noticed was there is there is a lot more, at least, Devi players to get excited about on on the East side. So this this is going to be a little faster than than usual. Um, you know, Illinois. We didn't we didn't like anybody there really of note. I'm I'm sure that doesn't mean you know someone could step up, but from a Debbie perspective, no, nothing exciting. Iowa, we've got uh, Tyler Goodson. He is eligible in 2022. It doesn't mean that he's going to come out, but he is a decent running back who I think could could surprise some people uh, coming into this year. You know, I've got him. You know, he's he's a top top 40 back, but I think he could make that that leap up. I mean, he's got a really nice burst. And acceleration, I think it, I think it's better than his long speed, but 
he, he is a natural pass catcher and he's got quick feet, got some wiggle as well. And he, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's not afraid to, to lower those pads and plow through people. So Tyler Goodson is definitely somebody that people are going to want to keep a, keep an eye on. I mean, that the stats aren't eye popping, but he, he looks better than the stats would indicate in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's a good player. And like I said, he, I like the pass catching, so I think there's an, an opportunity for him to to fill a role potentially. I mean, 5'10", 200 pounds, so he's not he's not tiny. He's kind of, he's a little bit taller than like a Michael Carter, but basically the same weight. So, any thoughts on Goodson? No, the first thing that popped out to me was his was his pass catching. I mean, his his mobility in space and his ability to be a decent um, PPR back was something that's at least attractive attracts you to Tyler Goodson. Um, when you look at how weak this class is, I mean, you have Brees Hall and you have Isaiah Spiller, who I'll have you note, I just put Isaiah Spiller as my running back one in this class above Brees Hall. So went ahead and did that. That's not went terrible. Ahead, I, I can live with that. Went ahead and did that um, this week, so that's fun. Um, Tyler Goodson, I mean, after those two guys, I mean, the competition for running back three is pretty much wide open. Um, I definitely think Eric Gray is going to be that guy. But, I mean, after Eric Gray, I mean, it's – it's literally, it's really nobody else. I mean, there's no reason that Tyler Goodson can't get at least decent draft capital if he has a good season this year. I mean, he's somebody that, I mean, I'm, I'm drafting in the later rounds of like a deep Debbie draft and holding on to him and just seeing what happens. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting how you talk about, you know, he could step up to be that number three running back. You know, we we reviewed a couple of mocks. We we haven't mentioned a running back in either one. Uh, the one that came out last week had a couple, but I I think that would be surprising. I think it's another year like this year where you've got a clear top two, and now we're gonna we're gonna wait and see who's gonna step in and be that you know that third and fourth guy who's gonna be in that tier two of running backs you know that can still get you know late day two draft capital or early day three. Like, you know, Javonta Williams comes out of nowhere last season and, and and was clearly the number three guy, you know, by the time the draft rolled. I was going to ask you that. Was your clear top two Najee Harris and Javonte Williams? You're, you're putting Travis Etienne at three, right? Because Javonte Williams is no lower than two. You know, it's a good argument to, to make because I, I do like all three. Um, I think going in, I still had Williams as number three, but it, for me, it was more... Harris was my clear number one, and then it was like two A and two B. I I I love I still love Etn's explosiveness, and he's he's got that big playability. Um, and you gotta love the the first round draft capital. So it's tough to argue with that. But but yeah, I mean if 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 people are gonna argue with you know and say hey I I like Javante Williams better, I'm not gonna sit there and tell them they're an idiot. Um, that that's you can make that that argument, and and I I really like the landing spot for him. I just, you know, I, I, it's only a matter of time before he takes over for Melvin Gordon. Gordon, we're already hearing a discussion on that. Like, like it's talking about, he's taking first, first team reps. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. That, that does it for Iowa. We're going to get right into the next team. That's uh, my Minnesota golden Gophers. Row the boat. The key loss. Yep. Row the boat, <laughs> row the boat. Key loss would be obviously Rashad Bateman, first round draft pick to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, coming back, they've got Mohamed Ibrahim. He is eligible in 2022, so he he came back for his his senior season. And this guy is the definition of a college workhorse. I mean, I think I think he had 
four straight 200-yard games last season. I don't know if that's going to translate to to a guy that is going to you know have that same workload in the NFL. I mean, that, that would be a stretch. I don't know if he can catch the ball because Minnesota never throws the ball to their running backs. So that's his, that's a product of the system, in my opinion. But the dude is a beast. I mean, he he is a physical running back who likes to just plow through people. And you know, if you have him in a C to C league or a college fantasy league, you're gonna love him. I mean, he'll he'll outscore, you know, some of our our highest rated running backs from a Debbie perspective just because of the volume alone. And and there is no indication that that's gonna change this season. So he could easily see 30 touches a game. And the way that offense is built, you're almost guaranteed a 150 yards and at least one or two scores because they just pound the ball at the goal line. You can't watch any of Minnesota last year and not fall in love with Mo Ibrahim. I mean, the the way this kid runs, he is a like he's a bulldozer. He's going to run through you. He doesn't have the speed to to run around you, but he's going through you. And he's a physical, powerful back. I mean, we don't like you said, we don't know if he can catch the ball, but there's definitely a use for that. In the NFL, I mean, you're, you look at guys in the mold of LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, this year, Ramondre Stevenson that went to the Patriots. Like, I, I think there there's a need for this goal line, just pound pound it down your throat type of back. And that's what Mo Ibrahim is. And, I mean, you're looking at the ceiling. He could have a season where he scores 12, 13, 14 touchdowns just because somebody gets him in every trip down to the goal line. That is true. I mean, he, he definitely could have that role. So I think there's hope there. You know, and it's just one of those things where you need him to get the draft capital that would give him that opportunity. And if, I love the Ramondre Stevenson comparison from, from that perspective, right? I mean, he's not exactly the same type, but, you know, physical player, big guy. And, you know, if he, if he gets, gets drafted from a, by a team early day three, who knows, right? I mean, he could be filling that role and, you're off and running, so to speak. All right, the wide receiver position is a little more interesting at Minnesota, you know, only because the the offense tends to to lead to wide receiver production. I mean, yeah, they've had some really good ones go to the NFL the last couple of years, but the the talent is still there. Uh, Chris Ottman Bell is is the first guy to bring up. He is eligible in 2022. He's been the the number three guy behind Johnson and Bateman, and then last year he was the the number two guy behind Bateman. Now he's clearly the the alpha wide receiver, and I think the more you watch him, the more you'll like him. Uh, this guy can make some some nice catches. He he gets open. You know he's not spectacular. I think at any part of the game, but he's a very good wide receiver, and he could be one of those sneaky sleepers that all of a sudden come you know next March and April when we're talking about the draft, he might he might make some noise and and surprise people with where he gets drafted. I I guess I'm maybe a little more optimistic on him because I'm a Gopher fan, but I like what I see. The The next guy that's eligible next year who has no college film to look at, Dylan Wright, a transfer, I believe, from, from A&M. He, four-star athlete, but, you know, the, the good size and athleticism, but we haven't seen him. So let's talk about at least these two guys before we get into the, the next draft class what do you think of Ottman Bell and Dylan Wright? I don't think you're hopelessly optimistic at all. I love everything about Chris Ottman Bell. Um, he was one guy that popped for me last season. When you turn on and watch Rashad Bateman film, you notice a little bit of Ottman Bell. And this dude can go up and get the ball. 
He makes great contested catches. He adjusts his body really, really well to the ball. And I don't think he's a sleeper at all. I mean, he's a guy that I think could be, you know, after those top five wide receivers that, you know, everybody beats like beats like a drum. I mean, your top five wide receivers, your top five wide receivers. I think Chris Ottman-Bell was in that next group of guys to pay attention to. He's not a sleeper for me. He's a guy that I'm grabbing absolutely everywhere I can because I think he, he could pop this season and an offense that, like you said, loves to throw to the ball and target one wide receiver. Yeah, and you you mentioned the contested catches, you know, and making the spectacular catch, and that's the best part about him playing for the Gophers. With Tanner Morgan at quarterback, he's going to get a lot of opportunity to showcase his ability to make a contested catch or a spectacular catch because the quarterback play suffered uh, from Morgan in twenty twenty in twenty nineteen. He was very good from a from a college perspective. You know, people were even talking about him being a potential draft pick. There's a reason why I didn't mention him. As a as a Debbie prospect, because he isn't one. Do not do not draft him. If you have him on your your roster, hope that he gets back to 2019 form this year, and then trade him as as quickly as you possibly can. I think I got him in a C two C league at like round 42 or 43, just to see if he could potentially bring it back. <laughs> and, and I have no problem with him on a C two C roster. I mean, you, you know he's the. I mean, he should be the starter. I, I can't imagine him losing the job. And like I said, they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball enough. I mean they. Their defense was so bad last year that that the opportunity to throw the ball should be there because they should be you know very high scoring games despite all the the yards and touchdowns that that Ibrahim is going to get you know they're, they're still going to have to pass the ball so you know I think I think the wide receivers the passing game is still there from a C to C perspective any thoughts on on Dylan Wright or is he just one of those guys where we we need to see something before we even mention him in a Debbie world. Yeah, he, he's not a Debbie guy to me, and I'm not even sure he's a C2C guy. I mean, you've got you've got nothing to go on right now. You're just hoping that he lives up to that four-star athlete rating that he got coming out of coming out of high school. He, I'm, I mean, he's definitely your, your wait-and-see type guy. And if I remember right, I don't have it as exact measurements, but I think he's on the shorter side too, so that's just another knock on him. He's not – must be thinking – No, he's – He's a bigger guy. He's um Dante Wright. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Dante Wright. I'm getting him confused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like 6'3", 6'4", 215. He was the wide receiver 10 in that draft, in that recruiting class. So just amazing how, you know, you, we've talked about, you know, guys that have gone, you know, AWOL and we have no idea what they're doing. I haven't heard anything from him. He's he's one of those guys where, if you know, if we had been doing this <laughs> together a couple of years ago, we'd have been like, what happened to this guy? So... Very interesting. We'll have to wait and see on him. And then the last guy was a freshman last year, got some time. Daniel Jackson, not the lead role in Stargate, but the Daniel Jackson, the wide receiver, for those of you sci-fi fans out there. Um, I, I'm i intrigued by Daniel Jackson. I I like his game. He's one of those you know guys that just kind of finds open space, runs good routes. He's not, you know, he's not a... a burn burn a guy deep but he's I think he's got decent speed um fairly good after the catch tracks the ball well so just kind of a a solid you know three-star uh wide receiver that I think he can move up people's rankings because he's going to get a lot of opportunity at Minnesota like we talked about with that that passing game he doesn't do anything spectacular I mean he's a decent wide receiver he's not in the athletic mold that Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson and even a little bit of Chris Hopman-Bell. I mean, he, he's not their athletic profile at all. I mean, but he's a decent receiver. And 
I think there's going to be somebody that comes up and takes the reins after Altman Bell leaves uh, this coming year. I think it might be Daniel Jackson. He's one that I'm at least rostering to, to hope and see. Yeah, yep, I agree. And worth noting, because I'm not going to really get into him, but last year's freshman running back, Kai Thomas, I just don't think is going to be the guy. I mean, I think he's a just a don't guy. Say, don't so, say that. I just drafted him in a CSC league skit. Don't break my heart. <laughs> I'm just – I'm not optimistic. I mean, I, I mean, he's going to be okay, but, you know, I, I just – four stars, but – yeah, I'll if I'm proven wrong, excellent because that means that means good things for my Gophers. But yeah, I'm not not excited about him. All right, let's move into Nebraska, talking about a, another another group of guys that we're kind of not really excited about. But you know, we're gonna at least mention a couple guys. We've got running back uh, Gabe Irvin. He's an incoming freshman, so hasn't played yet. And then wide receiver Xavier Betts, who was a freshman last year. Talk about. Irvin first what what do you see in this guy is he someone that that you're gonna find on rosters already or is this more of a you know just keep the name and and keep your eyes on him type this this is one of those rare Matt Jackson specials that you get on this podcast every once in a while where it's one of those guys that I just I see something in that I think is going to turn into one of the guys that you need to be rostering you're not going to find him on really many rosters unless you're playing in a deep C2C league right now but I love myself some Gabe Irvin. I mean, he's his lateral agility, his physicality. He's got the speed to house to house runs. He's got really good mobility in the open field. Jukes defenders really, really well, and he he he's a decent pass catcher as well. When you look at Nebraska's spring practices, there's one guy that keeps popping up in conversation by a bunch of coaches, and that running back is Gabe Irvin. Um, Coaches really, really like what they see about this kid. And if if I'm betting my money on just a, a late round flyer in this upcoming freshman class, you know, I, we, we already talked about, you know, how much I love Donovan Edwards and we love Travion Henderson and we love um, uh, Phil Moffa was another guy that we're going to get to when we talk about the ACC that I like as well. But the Gabe Irvin is definitely one of these guys that you need to be paying attention to because he's going to surprise a lot of folks this season and he's going to be on more rosters than, than not come this time next year. That's interesting. And if I'm not mistaken, our friends over at the Debbie debate talked about this guy when they had 247 uh, greater, you know, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the scout, they had uh, Alan True, I think his name is. And Alan True was mentioning Gabe Irvin as a guy to watch out, you know, as a, as a deep, a deeper guy. Cause he, you know, he's a three-star, but a guy that you know should be should be turning some. He, heads. Should, he so should be rated higher. I like he, he's it. rated higher than a three star in my mind. He's he should be rated higher than three stars. Well, there you go. So we've got got a couple different people talking about Gabe Urban. So that is definitely one people should keep an eye out on. The next guy, uh, the wide receiver Xavier Betts. So he was on the team last year, uh, fairly quick. Had a verified four five nine. He's got pretty good size, six two, nearly two hundred pounds. And my notes say that he, he uses the size well, he uses his hands well, and he gets off the line fairly quickly. So another interesting player to note, I mean, he didn't have a, a ton of production last year, just 12 catches. But, you know, as a true freshman, that's that's not horrible, especially because, you know, Nebraska doesn't have a, a great passing attack. What are your thoughts on 
Xavier Betts. Yeah, I think he, he's another one of those guys to watch. I mean, he's got the size. He His release from the line of scrimmage is really pretty. I mean, he shakes defenders. He gets good inside leverage on guys. He sinks his hip, hips really well, and he runs you know, to explode in route, and he runs decent routes. He uses his, his size, every bit of that 6'2", to go up and get the ball. I think he's going to – I mean, when you look at the stats, 12 receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. That's not very, very impressive stats. But what you got to remember is with the transfer of Wandale Robinson from Nebraska, they're losing a, they're losing a good amount of production. And I think Xavier Betts is going to be a guy that comes in and eats up a lot of that production. I mean, there's no one really else on their roster worth worth much of anything. And I think between Gabe Irvin and Xavier Betts, Nebraska could actually be a pretty fun team to watch this year. They're they're one of my dark horse teams. To if I've got some free time on a Saturday, I'm going to turn on the TV because there's there's a couple of guys on this team. That I'm, that I'm really interested in. Excellent. I like it. So keep your eyes out for Nebraska. You don't need to keep your eyes out for Debbie players on Northwestern because we don't have anybody there that we're excited about. So we're going to move right into Purdue. Of course, they have a, a fairly significant loss in one of the Debbie darlings of the last couple of years, wide receiver Rondale Moore, who went in the, I believe, second round of the Arizona Cardinals. Love that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Rondell Moore guy. I ended up with a lot of shares of Rondell Moore. I'm not, not upset about that. But, of course, they still have wide receiver David Bell, who is in that top five of the wide receivers for the 2022 draft. I don't um, can't imagine him staying. I, I hope not. I mean, he. I, I just don't know how his stock could improve more than it already has. Interesting. Uh, just published today, Brandon Hay from the uh, leaguewinners.com, so theleaguewinners.com, published a really good article uh, comparing David Bell to Traylon Burks. And I took the time to, to read the article. It, it, was, it was interesting because it, it broke down, you know, from an analytic standpoint, from a film standpoint, and then there was a nice chart on, on breakout and not only compared Burks and Bell, but it, it threw in you know, top players from the last couple of drafts. So you had, you know, you know, Rondell Moore was on there. You had Rashad Bateman. You had, you know, Chase. And so you could see where those guys compared in in the last three years or, you know, this next year plus the last two drafts. It was solid. And, and he got a lot of a quick, you know, positive feedback on that. So for those of you looking for, a good article that compares a couple of top guys. I highly recommend that. But where do you have David Bell on on your wide receiver list for the 2022 draft? So this is where it's going to get a little interesting. He's a top five receiver for me. Um, I think he's closer to wide receiver four, wide receiver five than he is, you know, wide receiver one and two for me. Um, when you look at Bell, I mean, a lot of people were talking, you know, when Rondell Moore um, had all those, the, you know, had those two injuries and he was out for close to a year and a half. I mean, you you were you were wondering, okay, who's going to take over that production? They're going to lose a step, and they didn't lose a step at all. I mean, David Bell stepped in and looked really, really good. Um, he he's got the yards per catch. I mean, he can he's he's got some big play potential to him. Um, he's one of those guys that like doesn't do anything spectacular, and he doesn't have the just like uber athletic traits. But he's just a really, really, really good wide receiver. Um, so he, he's he's a hard one. For me to rank, he's still a top five guy for me. I'm not putting him up to like Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave type guys because I mean those guys have at least one or two traits that they do spectacularly. 
David Bell is just a solid wide receiver, and if you have him on your roster, you're going to be happy with him. You said a lot of what what was in that article. I mean, the same you know the same kind of concepts, right? Because I agree with with all of that. I think there's nothing that I get super excited about with David Bell, but he's just very good. I mean, all a very good all around player, and and I agree with you. I don't have him, you know, even near the one, two, or even three, but down around four or five. And I have a feeling that he's going to be one of those guys that I don't end up with a lot of shares of. I mean, I don't have any right now just because other people like him just a little bit better than I do. And so they take him, they take him first. I mean, I had a, had one C to C startup and I had the the 10th pick, which also gave me the third pick in the second round. And I took Burks and then I think bell went before my next pick, but I ended up taking a, uh, you know, Keishan Bouti with the, with the second pick, but, I have both those guys ranked ahead of him as far as overall wide receiver rankings, but yeah, he is he is solid. Um, I don't think he has the the upside of Wilson or Burks or Pickens, right? Those guys, I think their their ceiling is potentially higher. Like they they could come in and be immediate alpha receivers for whichever team takes them. Whereas I I think Bell feels more like. Man, if you had him as your your second wide receiver on your NFL roster, you would you would love it. You'd be in great shape. You know, so, you know who he reminds that's, me that's of. Kind of my analysis. He he reminds me of the Rams Robert Woods, somebody that's consistently underrated, but goes out and gives you the stats week in and week out. I mean, that's the type of player that he is to me. Yeah, right. I mean, a, a, a could could have one of those seasons where maybe he scores a few more touchdowns than than normal and gets gets up into low wide receiver one but is probably a, a nice, solid wide receiver, too, for you for, for many years. I like that. And the only other guy on, on Purdue to talk about is another 2022 eligible wide receiver, Milton Wright. So Milton Wright is another four-star prospect. Not one of those guys that, that's probably really well-known, only because you know they've had Rondell Moore and, and David Bell, so you know he's the, the third fiddle. But... He has some potential. Um, what do you think about Wright? Is this is this a guy where where you think he could really sneak up on people in that Purdue offense, or is he just a guy? Um, I mean, he's interesting for sure. I mean, he's had some decent stats. You know, twenty four receptions, three hundred five yards as a sophomore. I mean, playing behind Rondell Moore and and David Bell, um, he could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. He's got decent decent size to him, six three, one ninety five. So he's he's a bigger body guy that could potentially step up. Um, I'm not really drafting him on any Devi roster, and I don't have him on any C to C leagues either. I mean, he's a he's a jag right now that could potentially turn into something, but I'm 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 waiting on for a little bit. All right, yeah, I would agree completely on that. All right, and we're down to last and certainly least uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. We've got three guys of interest. Um, none of them have done anything super exciting, at least not for a season. Of course, we all remember the the first game last year against Illinois where Graham Mertz was damn near perfect. I think he threw one incomplete pass that was dropped. And a lot of that action went to Jake Ferguson, the tight end. Both of these guys are 2022 eligible. What does Mertz need to do to be someone that we should be more interested in from a Debbie perspective? Does he need to have just a an incredible season? And and is that even possible in the Badger offense? 
I don't think he needs to have an incredible season. I think what he needs to do is make smarter decisions and take care of the football. I mean, when you looked at it, I mean, he was he was damn near perfect his, his first game. Only missed one pass, threw for five touchdowns and zero interceptions. And then his last five games, he threw for two touchdowns and five interceptions. So, I mean, he just, it, it all, the, the wheels came off of the bus near the end of his end of his season, and he started making bad decisions, trying to push the ball into places that it didn't need to be. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, you, you look at Graham Mertz. I mean, if he, if he takes care of the football better, I mean, I think he's an interesting guy. I definitely don't think he is the next coming of Peyton Manning. Uh, like, who, who was it over at uh, the Debbie debate? Was that Felix or was that uh, Austin that has him as the next Peyton Manning? Oh yeah, that? that was the. They, they did. Was that Br- that might have been Bruning? I, I think like it might have been really Bruning. hot take episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, it it was. I think Felix made some comparison to to Manning, and and none of the other guys really went with something that was like that out there. And, and like poor Felix, like thanks guys. Yeah, here I put myself on the limb, and they they, they totally just. It's like they baited him into it. It's like man, that he's was, a good. I, as soon as I was listening to that, and I. I am him. I'm like, dude, really? And he goes, hey, we were supposed to be bold. <laughs> about as bold as you can get right there. I love it. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think Mertz needs to – he needs to have a lot more games like he had that, you know, closer to that first game and, and figure out the rest because it, it was a – it was kind of a train wreck after that. Now, Jake Ferguson is interesting. He has been extremely consistent in – in his three seasons at Wisconsin, he's had between 30 and 36 catches each season. Now, I should mention that the low number 30 was last year was only in seven games. So he was definitely catching more balls per game in 2020 than he did his previous years. You know, four touchdowns last year, that that's a career high tied his freshman season. He he looks the part of a guy that, that's going to get drafted in the NFL, and he he could be another one of those guys that, in my opinion, is is a victim of an offense that just doesn't, you know, really throw out anything exciting when it comes from a passing attack. So he's going to suffer from that, you know, versus a, a team that might really, you know, throw the ball exceptionally well and and get their tight end involved. But I think this guy is a little bit sneaky. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have him on a Devi roster because he's a tight end and they're just the hit rate's way too low. But I like I like Ferguson as a as a prospect. I I would not be surprised at all if he was like a round four, maybe round five kind of guy. You know, early you know first part of day three is is what I'm thinking. I, am I off base on Ferguson? No, I don't think so. I mean, he he was putting up thirty catch seasons when I mean they had Jonathan Taylor in that backfield and he's running for over two thousand yards a season. I mean, when you got a running back that runs for over two thousand yards, I mean that doesn't leave much room for production at a receiver standpoint, and he still popped on film. So he could be a guy that in a weaker tight end class you could look at and potentially be a guy that, I mean, he may go day, you know, round four, day three. He could potentially slip into the end of day two and the back end of round three if, you know, to the, to the right team. I mean, I think that's about the sweet spot for him. Yeah, that's a good point because there were definitely some tight ends this year that, that went on day two that were surprises, you know, and, and so, you know, who knows, right. If, if he's the the right combination of, 
of the ability to to block, and then also was athletic enough, you know, catching the ball. He could definitely sneak into there. The last guy to mention, Jalen Berger. He was a freshman running back last year for the Badgers. He's a four-star guy. I think he's he's expected to be the guy. And typically, if if you have the guy at running back for the Wisconsin Badgers, then you've got a guy that's going to get drafted in the NFL. And so you you have to pay attention to to Berger. Not a a super stellar freshman year. Um, you know, averaged five yards a carry, so that's nice. He had 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, two catches only. But that's not that's not surprising in that offense. They just don't don't throw the ball to their their running backs. He only played four games, so you know, again, you got to kind of factor that in. I mean, you multiply everything times three, and it's a little bit better. So, I think if he is if he is the number one running back in that offense, then people are going to like what they see, at least from a production standpoint. I'm still not sold on him as an NFL prospect. I don't, I don't think he's, you know, great at anything. Um, I, I don't see a lot of shiftiness and stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as high on him as I've been on on Badger running backs of the past. What, what do yeah. you think of? Yeah, he's he's not Melvin Gordon and he's not Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I mean, you can't really make those comparisons. I mean, when you look at what he did, I mean, if you exclude the bowl game versus Wake, where he just kind of threw up a lung, um, he didn't have less than 80 yards the in, in his three games. He was averaging close to six yards per carry on every attempt. So, I mean. Behind that offensive line, I mean, he's going to get the stats if he gets a full season. I mean, they've got one of the best offensive lines in football. That's, I mean, that's a, a sheer point of fact now. So, I mean, always you you, yeah. you look at, I mean, you look at that like you want to have Ohio State's wide receivers. You kind of want to have Wisconsin's running backs. I don't, I don't think he has super, super high NFL potential, but I think he can put up the stats to at least make some guys interested and possibly even be a trade target down the road. I mean, everybody wants the Wisconsin running back. If he pops, you can trade him for something that you like a little better that has maybe more of a stable NFL future. Yeah, I like that strategy a lot. If, if you already have him, wait till he really pops and then his value will go up and then see what you can get for him. I think that's a great idea. Um, it's I think it's also worth mentioning that, that we're not talking about any wide receivers from Wisconsin, but somebody is likely to, to step into that role and, and be the, the wide receiver one. I mean, every once in a while, Wisconsin does turn out a, a wide receiver that does okay in the NFL. So you never know. It's just we don't know who that's going to be right now and certainly not somebody that you're, you're drafting. I mean, even in deep Debbie leagues, I don't, I don't think you're seeing any Badger wide receivers. All right, we've wrapped up the Big Ten. So two conferences down. We're going to go to the ACC next week. But that is it for, for this podcast. Matt, any final thoughts? And, and again, remind people you know where they can find you on Twitter and what are you working on? Man, it, it feels like there's more guys for Ohio State on one team than all the guys that we talked about today. That's just That tells you how, how stacked Ohio State is. So I guess if you need anything, go get an Ohio State player. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter once again at Debbie Matt. Uh, my rankings up on Dynasty Nerds. Always love to interact with you guys on Twitter. Um, had several guys shoot me trade questions and draft questions this week, so keep them coming. I always love that. And keep an eye out for that YouTube channel, hopefully starting here within the next few days. And also keep an eye out for the annoying game of keep, cut, trade, 
where Matt puts three awesome players on there, and I'm like, no, I'm not cutting any of these guys. I don't like your for, game. It's for, stupid. Go for, away. Leave me alone. Forces you to pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was brutal. The the running backs, the top three running backs from last year's class. You know, Gibbs, Bijan, and and your guy Tank. And then I I actually like the wide receiver one. Ohio State wide receiver is the second one you put out there even better. Cause that was that was interesting. Um, I want to say it was you had JSN on there. You had uh, Amika Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and you had uh, Harrison Jr. Right? Yeah. And that one, that one at least for me was a lot easier. So the the other one that didn't like that, but not many people. Not I many liked, people liked the first one. <laughs> Nobody liked the first one. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think the the interesting the most interesting part of those for me is the guy that you choose to trade. So, you know, you 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 really have to play that that battle, you know, with your roster and with your your strategy on do I trade a guy whose value is at a peak, or do I not trade him because I want to keep him on my roster because the ultimate goal of fantasy football is to score a lot of points and win. And this player will help me do that. I love hearing those debates on, on other podcasts too, because you know sometimes I think people they're so excited you know that a that a player does really well, you know oh his his value super high he's he's awesome you should trade him it's like or I just hit on a rookie and I'm gonna keep him on my roster and it's gonna make my team better and I'm gonna win because that's really the point so I it, I like those like those conversations of course uh, we are. We are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts. Dynasty Happy Hour, uh, usually recording on Sundays. I think they've taken a couple of weeks off here. But Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. Randall Memphis Young does the DHH contractor every once in a while. So like to hear those. Those are interesting pods where he has a, a guest on there, and they actually break down the Dynasty roster and talk about strategy and advice. So that's awesome. And then coming soon, it is back, the IDP Power Hour. So if you're into individual defensive players that that's a, a show to definitely check out because I'm in one well, I'm in two IDP leagues but boy that is that is a whole nother ball game when it comes to fantasy football so definitely look for help on those my name is Skip Newton at Skip Newton 31 on the Debbie team for the NFL draft Bible covering the ACC and anything Debbie and C2C related of course we are powered by fan nation on Sports Illustrated so check that out we're doing Dynasty and Debbie rankings, and there's just stuff being published every day, content for uh, NFL draft, all players and positions, even offense, defensive line, doesn't matter. It's all out there. It's fantastic stuff. So thank you so much, listeners, for, for tuning in. It's good to be back on a little bit of a regular routine here, Matt. I know we, we struggled there. It was every two to three weeks, but I think we're going to get back on that that weekly cadence, and it's good to, to hear your voice and talk about how hot you're doing in North Carolina. So looking forward to, to our next podcast. And again, thanks. Thanks to everyone out there. Uh, we hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. And as always be a good human.